Welcome to the Beyond Mom Podcast, the podcast for moms seeking connection to self while navigating the journey of motherhood. Get inspired with our practical tools, soulful conversations, and honest stories told by other women like you. From entrepreneurship to healthy living to style, Beyond Mom will spark you to live the thriving life you deserve. And now, join our host, Randy Zinn, as she takes you Beyond Mom. Welcome to On Air with Beyond Mom. Thank you for tuning in today. I know today's conversation is going to be inspiring and meaningful and probably giving some tips, tools, lessons that are valuable to all of us as we navigate daily challenges as well as massive life challenges. And these are things that all of us at some point or another will have to face. I'm Randy Zinn. I'm the founder of Beyond Mom. I'm thrilled to be here with you and to start what I know is going to be a really special interview today. I am joined by my new friend, Karen Franca. Hi, Karen. Hi, Randy. So glad that you're here with me today. And we're going to get to dive into just all of the really meaningful things that you're doing and talking about. I'll give just a little intro as to who you are, and then you can do more of the sharing of all the good stuff that you are. So Karen is a mom and has faced heartbreak that no mother should. At 15, her son Nick was diagnosed with cancer, and Nick is Nick was one of the 15,780 children under the age of 21 who are diagnosed with cancer each year. I personally did not know that that number was what it was. A quarter of children diagnosed will not survive the disease, and after a courageous six-year battle, Nick lost his life. What is truly, truly striking about Karen is what she has done with the lessons, with the pain, and how she's transformed it into so much giving. She recently published a book called Lessons from My Son's Tattoo, and I know she's going to tell us more about that title and what it means. She shares Nick's courageous battle and reveals the lessons that he taught his family and friends and continues to teach everyone today. In 2007, Karen also founded the nonprofit Band of Parents, a group of over 400 parents that helped fund research in several major cancer centers throughout the United States, helping to increase the odds of survival for children who undergo treatment by 50%. Wow. Karen, it's so much to be proud of. And I'm really, really intrigued to hear the lessons that you are now sharing with your followers and with the people who are being impacted by what you're sharing. The one other thing I want to say before we really turn this over to you is that for those of you that follow me and have been watching my Facebook lives and some of the talks I've been doing, I've finally started really opening up about loss and about the things that have impacted me, especially through the loss of my dad 12 years ago and how that's been not only consistent sadness and a deep, deep part of myself, but also how it's really inspired me to be the woman that I am and to motivate me, frankly. So this is a very personal conversation for me as well, and I'm just really excited to share it. So Karen, tell us, let's start with the book. Let's work our way from the present and back. Tell us about the title of this book, about your son, and about how you've been inspired to start sharing all of this. That's a great place to start. So when he was diagnosed and he went into remission, he spent a lot of time deciding he wanted a tattoo to mark his journey. And he was 
just so adamant that all of us would have this group experience to get a part of this tattoo, which I wasn't that big of a fan of having to do at my age. But he came up with a compass, and the compass point stood for courage, friends, family, faith, and strength. And for him, that was a way that he navigated how to handle what had been dealt to him at the age of 15. So I watched for six years this so innocent, beautiful boy of mine turn into this young man of wisdom and young man of courage. And it just was so inspiring to see how he chose to do his life. A lot of people don't choose to embrace what's given you and try to make the best of it. So lessons from my son's tattoo are really the the wisdom points, the mother's heart, the raw, vulnerable pieces of our journey that are personified so that any person, whether it's death, divorce, abandonment, um, all the tough, really tough, hard issues that we as humans will face, no matter what that is for you, the way he navigated his challenge could be an inspiration for everybody. So we all got this piece of his tattoo, piece of the compass or the whole compass when he went into remission. And it was this kind of defiant way of saying, you know, F you cancer, here I am. My immune system's good enough. I'm thinking myself and my family's unified with me. It really was a piece of the journey that a lot of people to this day still remember when that part happened. So amazing. So tell us some of your son's wisdom. Okay. Well, there's so much, but you know, I think when any of us is faced with a challenge, whether it's the smallest thing, like the carpool didn't pick up my child, what am I going to do? Or I got a terrible diagnosis. You know, the spectrum is so large and he was able to compartmentalize the disease and it had nothing to do with defining his life. And I think for us and for women, especially, that's such a a big lesson. It's like your your circumstances don't have to define your life. And some of the lessons that he taught me were how to completely live in a moment of gratitude. Because when you're going through cancer, there's so many days you feel horrible. And you know that you have a few weeks to recover and then you get hit again. And I was able to learn from him how to take a moment that's not a bad moment and grieve and find self-care and find sustenance so that you are ready for the next the next piece of the journey. So he really taught a lot of people how to grab gusto when you have it. And I think in life we forget that a lot. We get so caught up in the to-do list, the achievements that we forget to just pause. And people that watched our story um really encouraged me to write the book because they were so motivated in their own life. I mean, I had followers across the world because I this book started out as a blog. And they just said, you give a voice to what we can't describe. And your son gives witness to how to really live in the cliche in the moment. So I think that's one of the biggest lessons is in all of our brokenness, We still can find pieces of wholeness when we're going through tragedy by finding pause, gratitude, friends, experiences that are outside of the realm of what we're going through. And those are, so those are some of the biggest wisdom points that I think he showed us. So major. I mean, it's just the most major lessons of life. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to even imagine what you've been through, Karen, as a mom myself. 
Yeah. I'm filled with gratitude for you that you have your family around you um, to support you and be part of it. But it just giving voice to the fact that it's hard for me to imagine. And yet here you are and you're a survivor yourself. And I just give you so much credit. So just saying that out loud. And I imagine just putting the pieces together that it is your son's wisdom that on the other side of your loss of him, at least on the physical level, that have sustained you. Yeah, I have a license plate that says LLND, which stands for Live Like Nick Did. Because we get very caught up in, you know, back to the normal crazy life and you forget that perspective. You know, one of the biggest things I think we all learned who witnessed our journey was a perspective. And just like when I forget, like his wisdom is live like Nick did, L-L-N-D. So I see it every day when I get in my car. And that's, that's an important piece. Yeah. Certainly, certainly is. I am looking forward to reading your book. I just, you know, we all need these lessons, especially in a world where we can get so caught up in the nitty gritty and like you're saying, the to-do lists. And I even consider myself a little bit of a, I mean, they put on my bio mindfulness expert. I'm like, um, that's a minute to minute expertise, let me tell you. (laughs) But, you know, I think that it really is the moments of life that are profound that zap you into what's really and truly important. And what I love that you're doing with this book, and as you were telling me before, your days of the week where you really commit to sharing the, the lessons themselves on your Instagram. I think it's it's not that we ever forget, but yet we get back into the nitty gritty of life. And it's so important for someone like yourself to remind us what's important every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to remind myself too. You know, you really do. You just forget like, oh yeah. I mean, if I'm having a bad day, I'm thinking I'm not in a hospital. I'm not waiting to see the next blood count and, and my stomach's in my throat. You know, it's perspective. So I think I think we always have to, and I love that you use the word mindfulness because I, I practice that very much myself. And that complete presence of, yes, you have to keep in mind the perspective of what really is important and settle in that in your own soul. It's really, really important. So it seems like your mindfulness practice stems from everything you learned from Nick, but also I'm sure you have your own practices that have gotten you through and sustain you daily. What are some of those? Well, I'm a very avid yoga and meditation person. So I try to dedicate an hour a day to that practice. I did a lot of journaling during the time. And the book was very much a practice for me. It was a time to disconnect and be in the the moments that, as painful as they were, shaped a courageous soul in me to continue to live. I also truly believe in eating really clean and healthy. And that kind of keeps my my mental space more clear when when I practice that piece. Those are a few other things. So what would you say to a woman, a mom who has a story to tell? What what would you tell her to do first, you know, in terms of writing or sharing visually or some expression of her story, her pain, her experiences? 
That's such a great question. You know, one of the things that I discovered about myself, because I never had written before, and sometimes I think our greatest art, our greatest expressions of emotion come through challenges and pain. So for women who, I think it's one of the hardest things for women to do, but find your vulnerability. Find where you can tap into that emotion that will then bring raw expression which is where humanity connects. You know, anybody can write and just be very cliche, but when you as a woman can, first of all, have some nice self-care practices where you actually get enough of you inside that you can be vulnerable and then truly create from that raw space. And I think that's where all great writing, where great art comes from, is when you can connect to that piece of you. I 100% agree. I think the big challenge for so many moms and particularly moms in um, you know, early childhood say, but how in the world do I create that time? Because it can feel so chaotic. And it's such, this is a big part of my book too, creating that fertile ground for exactly the vulnerability you're talking about to make space for it, time for it. So that, you know, you have an easy access into that space. And then with good time management, of course. Yeah, find, that's always a hard one. That's a hard one. But you find the time to access that space and create from there. I think in this day and time, from what I observe, because I'm obviously not a young mom, but what I observe is, is there seems to be this almost cliche way of doing it these days. You know, everybody's talking about the same buzzwords and and. I don't want women to feel the pressure to conform to a certain way because there's so many ways to find your own essence and your own vulnerability. So if the current trends out there don't feel like what you are, keep exploring. You know, even if you have 10 minutes a day, try to find what feels like, oh, this is me. And then you, that's the ticket. That's the opening of the door. I agree. I'm, I'm always fascinated by women who are inspired and who have tapped into those places that feel very real on the inside. And the ways in are so different for everyone. There's, as you're saying, journaling, writing, music, yoga, essential oils, you know, whatever. It's that there's different ways in and to have the commitment to finding it. Yeah, it's just getting in. Whatever your path is to open that door. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so I'm also very curious to hear about the creation of Band of Parents. Many, many women who I've interviewed on my podcast and who I just know from around town have started nonprofits out of something they've either gone through personally or something that struck them in that vulnerable place. And I'm aware of how meaningful it can be as well as how challenging. So I know a lot of our listeners are curious about taking something that they've been through and turning it into a vehicle for giving back. So love to hear more about that from you, Karen. Okay. Well, I want to clarify, first of all, I wasn't this lone mom that did this. There was a group of us. You live in New York, so you're aware of Sloan Kettering. So there was a group of us, Sloan Kettering's five blocks from a Ronald McDonald house. And I was one of the residents with my son at the Ronald McDonald House, and there was a probably 90 families that were living there from all over the world, most of them with the same disease my son had, which was neuroblastoma. A lot of our children were relapsing, 
And we were just like, this is ridiculous. There's got to be something that's less toxic and not killing them with the cure. So there was a small group of us that came together and we asked the lead researchers to talk to us and to say, if, what do you need to make more options? And it was through those conversations that we did some very crazy fundraising, like some dads, because the answer was money. You know, if we had a certain amount of money, several million dollars, which we thought was like only a few million dollars, you know, we can do that. And there was this sense of hope where we were in such despair. A group of dads launched a bike ride across the country with their children in treatment. It was called The Loneliest Road. And there was a blog, there was videos, and we watched these dads who left their sick children to raise awareness. That was our first thing. We baked a massive amount of cookies that Christmas in some kitchens in New York, and that family has gone on to make a wonderful nonprofit of their own called Cookies for Kids Cancer. Very um, familiar with it. My friends are super involved, and I've gone to their events and supported them. Okay. I love that. That's a great that organization. From Band of Parents. And yeah, little Liam Witt was one of our warriors. And so I was one of the people in that beginning mix. I think because I'm older and I didn't have a baby, I had a teenager. So I had more time that I wasn't changing diapers and figuring all that part of the journey out. But I was able to step up and take the leadership role maybe four or five months into the process. And eventually became the president. We formed, you know, our, our group called Band of Parents because we banded together during one of the most, really, I don't think a parent can think about worst piece of news you can get is that your child has a stage four cancer and there's not a lot we can do for them. So that unity of this core group banding together for a united cause, which was to fund a new antibody treatment called Humanized 3 of 8 that gave me because the wind was out of my sail. I was looking at my now 17-year-old just wanting him to graduate, wanting him to have all these experiences of life. And I just, I did not, I think what happens when women especially form or are a part of a nonprofit is you are just energized from within because you have to make a change. And if it's going to be, it's going to be up to you. So we were very successful in that. And that's a big part of my book. In the book, I explain how this broken group of parents united and gave each other strength and hope and love to accomplish this. And it was all from grassroots fundraisers, golf tournaments, concerts, cookie baking, bike riding. That's how we raised the money and put Humanized 3 of 8 on the map. And now today, it's standard protocol at Sloan Kettering. We all, you know, band of parents after that was completed has gone on to always be out there looking for less toxic into children quicker treatments to increase survival rates, which we have done. Unfortunately, it was by a few months too late for my son. I was the president of Band of Parents at the time, so it was a really difficult time for me. But I didn't quit because I knew he wouldn't quit. And he never did quit. So I continued on and I'm still on the board six years later. And it's grown into an, a beautiful long-term opportunity for people to give to a cause that truly was started by desperate parents who just needed one more hope, one more chance. And now we've given that to so many children. What an unbelievable story. Wow. Tell us, tell us quickly, Karen, how listeners can get involved or donate. Yeah, so we have a great website, www.bandofparents.org. 
We have two fundraisers in New York City every year in August. So most of the time in August, a rooftop cocktails for a cure. It's very fun. It's at a club that you can't get into typically, except unless you spend a lot of money. And it's all donated, and it's just a beautiful rooftop rooftop event. And then we have a gala in the spring, and that is another. And it's all listed on our website. And those are our two big New York fundraisers every year. And other than that, people do little things in their hometowns. They and then channel the money for band appearance. But you can donate on and our website's very self-explanatory. That's amazing. I, you know, I talk to moms all the time who say, I feel so crazy and busy and all these things I'm doing, but I really do want to make an impact. I really do want to give back to something that's meaningful, but I don't always know where to place my time or my money or whatever. Well, here is a good one. And this is one that really makes a direct impact on the children who are fighting and the families who are fighting. Yeah, and we have a great uh, social media presence, Band of Parents. We actually, every week, put a Wednesday warrior up who has benefited from our treatments that we have funded and their personal stories, which is always heart heartwarming. That is amazing. Wow. So, Karen, tell us some of your nuggets of wisdom that you like to share. Give us a few. Okay. So, on my social media, I so many people have given me quotes from the book that I I was like, maybe I should go back through the book and come up with some lessons, some one-liner quotes. And I post them every Thursday or most Thursdays. (laughs) There's been a couple of this, but some of them that I find really helpful are sometimes just being a strong and silent presence makes all the difference in supporting someone. I know so many people have said, I want to be there, but I don't know what to do. And one of the things we found was just having somebody sit with me, just being a strong and silent presence, just carried me through when I didn't think I could carry myself through. That's amazing and so true. Yeah. Another one is, what is life but a series of moments linked together to make hours, days, months, and years? We don't know how many of those moments each of us gets. We decide what to make of them. It's entirely our choice. Don't waste your time. And I think that's part of the mindfulness that like we have these moments. We can't waste all this time because every moment is a part of the continuum of your life. Another one is illness brings a wisdom all its own, a wisdom that teaches patience, tolerance, and a new sense of value for the moments that make up life. And I'll just read one more because I know we don't have a lot of time. But this one, I've had so many readers say, you know, page 77. I'm like, what? And it's, it's a little longer, but it really is the essence of Nick's lesson. Renew yourself and be thankful for the gift of a normal life. Don't dwell on the challenges. Ponder the ways you can be filled to the brim with your purpose and your passion. You never know when life will turn and you'll need the strength of what you've become to carry you through. Be thankful that your world is more than just hoping to breathe another day. Expand, give, serve, and grow. Do it for those who don't have that choice, for those who must put all their energy into just surviving. And those are all just direct quotes from the book, little nuggets. And the book is filled with those little one-liner pauses because I would take my own narrative and I'd step out of voice and kind of be a third party and look in on myself and, and try to try to talk myself into the wisdoms. That's how those were evolved. Thank you. I, I almost feel like there's nothing in the world I could say after those quotes. 
they're they're so they're so beautiful and they're so true on in the deepest meaning of truth thank you and i'm i'm excited to read this book and just soak it in so with just a few more minutes left karen being that being that beyond mom as a concept is all about embracing self in the midst of being a mom, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what. Um, what would your wisdom be to someone who is struggling to connect with themselves as they're navigating motherhood? Mm. Yeah, and I've seen that. You know, my my daughter has three children. I, I've seen so many of that generation, especially now. There's so many more pressures on on moms. It's a more complicated life. So, I think some of the wisdom I've learned being the grandma is really, really, really own your own piece of life. We are so quick to let go of ourselves when we become a mother. It's kind of cliche-ish, but don't wait too late to, even if it's, you have to start a new practice of getting up an hour before your children, or you have to make yourself stay up an hour later to feed yourself whatever that piece is, you know. Don't forget that you used to color and draw and paint. Don't forget that you used to have a voice and sing. Don't lose yourself totally. And one of the things I saw my son tell me over and over again, I'm also an avid golfer, who'd be like, you need to go play golf, mom. You need to get out of your head. I mean, he would tell me those things because as moms, we become a, a vacuum. We become our children. We become the wife, the mother. And if you're struggling, find help. You know, find the, the self-help. If you need to talk to someone, that's really okay. One of the things I so found was really powerful for me was to just be so uncomfortably honest about my pain because Everybody was like, it's like the Me Too movement. It's like, Me Too. I feel that too. I just was afraid to rock the boat and say I'm hurting. So I think that you have to find help and you have to not let go of that, whatever that spark is. And if you don't have a spark, what's going to make you spark? Those are just a few few of the little pieces. Um, All wisdom, I very much agree with. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Because you're a wise author. <laughs> yeah, working on it, you know, it's a daily thing. And that's uh, that's what I'm really empowered to share and why I feel really honored to be doing what I'm doing because I don't feel like I'm miles ahead of people that I'm speaking to. I feel like I'm striding right along with you and I'm sharing my pitfalls and my successes as they're happening. And I'm sure you can relate to that, you know, because being a mom is a forever title. Loss is a forever experience. It's always there. And how you navigate it and how you express it, it's it's a winding, ongoing road, which is one of the things that you know I sometimes struggle to come to terms with, which is, okay, this is always going to be there. But my expression of it and my relationship to it can be what I choose it to be. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head with that. It's how you express it changes over time. And I think a lot of us, even me, sometimes I feel like I'm not forgetting you, buddy. I'm just at a different place in my life. And you'd be happy that I'm there Um, because it does change over time. But it's always right there. And I'm sure you feel with your father's loss, there's certain triggers, you know, where you haven't cried in a month and all of a sudden, a word, a sound, boom, oh my gosh, there it is. 
And as women, that's okay. As men, that's okay. I still come home and sometimes I see my husband listening to a certain Enya song that just connects him to his son and he's crying. And that's just okay. We're humans. And that's, that's what I think moms forget is that we are humans. We're not superhumans. We're human. Yeah. Feeling a little emotional, Karen. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. I was talking to a book club last week, and by the end, we were all crying <laughs> because it was good. It was cathartic. It was, you know, you have to feel in life. Yeah, you do. Well, listen, if you want to come to New York and do a book club with me and my people, I would love oh. it. Oh, maybe I'll do that the next time I'm up there. We should talk about it. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling some of my listeners would want to be part of that book club. So. Mm-hmm. Tell us where uh, we can find you, your work. We can follow you. So you can find my book on Amazon, Lessons from My Son's Tattoo. And one of the things that I've chosen to do with it is dedicate a portion every month of all my sales to band parents. So I just do that every month. It's kind of my ongoing little fundraiser. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook group that is called Lessons from My Son's Tattoo, Living with Resilience. Despite the unthinkable, you can find me on Instagram at Lessons from My Son's Tattoo. And my, you know, if anybody, honestly, because one of the things that I found is one of my gifts over the years, and maybe because I was an older mom, is being a good listener for people. So, you know, my email is my name, Karen Franca, C A R Y N F R A N C A, at gmail.com. And I'm always happy to, to be an ear for someone that's dealing with uh, childhood cancer. Or anything. I can't think of a more meaningful offer, to be honest. Oh. I mean, if I can only imagine I if I were, God forbid, in that moment, that having another woman that I could reach out to who had been through it is just oh. the most valuable thing. It's a club nobody wants to be a part of, but it's a very connected club. And, and we get each other's hearts immediately. Well, Karen, yeah. I think you are truly an amazing woman. And I know that... Well, takes one to know one, as they say, but, (laughs) but I really, I really have so much respect for you and for your journey and for how you're expressing the truth of it to the world so that people can also learn and grow, which is what it's about. Yeah, it is. Being human is really what we're here for. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Karen, for sharing. And thank you for tuning in today to On Air with Beyond Mom. It's always a joy to share meaningful, heartfelt stories that will make real impact in your life. And I hope this one did. Thanks and take care.